0: Hey, how's it going? This is Tangents. Uh, this episode, I did. I recorded it up in Donegal over Christmas. I was up there for Christmas visit with family. And uh, I've been planning to do this episode for a while with Rob Mulhern. And um, we wanted to meet up. So when I realised I was going to Donegal for Christmas, I said it to Rob. And we met up in Gidore. Um, Gidor is in the very northwest of Ireland. Um, it's a Gwaeltocht area and um, where Rob grew up. So we met there and we recorded the podcast in my car. We drove down to a chapel. Uh, you'll hear at the start that that's where we're just pulling up. Um, so it's an old church there, and uh, I had watched a documentary uh with that rob was in and he, like he says at the start there it's actually 18 years old and i found it on youtube and it was on um the irish language channel Tina g um and it was rob and his friends when they were very young gidor and they were like playing music and stuff in that church um so we're that's what we, we were talking about that at the very start and um just for context in case because the thing is i met up with rob because it was christmas i um Obviously, he was very busy and met up with Rob and I wasn't, like, really prepared at all in the sense that I just knew about Rob. I knew the bands he was in, like Tua and Lunch Machine, and I know the production work he had done as well um, with Sue Luan, amongst other things. And uh But normally, I'd be, like, prepared in the sense that I have, like, a lot of questions written out or I ask people if they want to ask anything. I didn't really do anything, any of that, so... Um, yeah, we just li- literally met and just started chatting. So, yeah, just for context, in case at the very start, there we're talking about this teenage documentary that Rob was in, and then uh, there's another part where we're, we're talking about a mixtape called Shaman that he made. Um, but we just start talking about it. But in case anyone doesn't know, it's available on Bandcamp, it's brilliant, it's a brilliant mixtape that Rob made, but he gives me a lot more context into the background of that mixtape and of the samples that are used on it and stuff and um yeah it was a great time Rob's a really sound fella like i got on grand with him now and uh it was a good chat and um there's a lot there about like Gidor and Donegal and um about the left shooting shooting itself in the foot all the time and um yeah, we talking just about musical influences, that kind of crack. Uh and Rob also does he has um like he promotes and books gigs as well and we talk a bit about that. So um anyway, I hope hope you all enjoy it and yeah, I should be very busy anyway for the coming months ahead. I've a lot of guests already lined up, so um yeah, expect more tangents anyway. And happy new year to everyone. Um enjoy the episode and I'll catch you all soon.
1: Church here. This is the old chapel line This is where
0: um So I watched the show that Seamus sent me. This is This is here,
1: yeah? <laughs> yeah. That was kinda of why I brought you here, yeah? Yeah. So that, when was how long ago was that now when you were would... Literally and I hate to say this 18 years ago. Fuck off. That's when that episode was yep. made, yeah?
0: Yep. Jesus. So, uh, how did it, like? How did that come about? Like, What what was the basis of that? Because I, I just saw it on YouTube, but there's no, no...
1: I didn't know the background to it. I was standing right where we're sitting in this car. Yeah. And these two men walked. They just came right over here. They came down there on bicycles, actually. Yeah. And one of them was called Shane O'Curran, and the other fellow is called Jeglan O'Mohan. And they were coming down... Because it's a technical institute run by NUIG up in the in the factory estate there. Yeah. Doing film courses at Scalia. And uh, they were doing the film course. Uh, you wouldn't believe it, but they were handing out... like the, at, at the course, they would give you a €30,000 television camera. And Jeez. just within a week, you'd have to edit your own film. And they'd just <laughs> give it to you. And you yeah. just take it out. No questions asked. And uh, so they were doing one, but they actually got commissioned by TG Care to do it. And at that point... Me and my friends had always been hanging around down here in this old chapel. Okay. And then so this, is
0: this chapel's abandoned,
1: is it? Or it's is it? abandoned now, but it's not really totally abandoned. It's still it's still maintained. Okay. But it was a, it was used as a uh, as a library, right? For many years, and it was fucking beautiful in there. It was just amazing. The library was downstairs. There's a lot of history here, so the library was downstairs, and upstairs there was a. There's a stage and all that sort of stuff. It used to be for discos and stuff. But the the priest would just give us the keys, us youths, the keys, just to go in there and yeah. practice music anytime we wanted. Sounds. Until 11 o'clock. Sometimes we'd have the keys overnight and just nothing would ever happen because it's the West. Yeah. Oh, I lost, you know. So we're standing here anyway, and that's the kind of history to it. However, somebody burnt down a school. Yeah. So they were doing a documentary about Gidor. And then somebody burnt down a school, but we had been given the blame for it because we're the goths hanging around down at the old chapel. And was this
0: around the time of like church burnings in Norway and stuff? Or,
1: I don't know, actually.
0: I couldn't even. Like, were they trying to find a correlation there, these long haired lads?
1: Yes. So, this young journalist called Michelle did us a right dirty one. What's her name again? Michelle something. Can't remember. But she did us a dirty one. She found a ventilator up there. And she wrote this horrible, horrible article. It was for a local paper about like youths being dickheads or whatever. And around there, just over there, that corner where we're yeah. looking at, there was a ventilator and there was like cans of beer and stuff strewn about all the place. So we weren't drinking and fucking about. But she was making it out there were druggies and selling drugs and all that sort of stuff. And, uh,. So she took a picture of a bloody ventilator that was lying over there and said, oh, yeah. they used this to, to come down off ecstasy and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So they were like kind of like defaming us and all this stuff. <laughs> so aye, so that's how that came about. And then ultimately, the guy that made that documentary is a guy who employed me to do the sound engineering for the new show uh, um, Dreamland on 2XM. Yeah, yeah. So I'm working on that with him. Shannon Corran. Oh, class. Good guy. Um, it's a great project. Uh, yeah,
0: I, I've watched a couple of the episodes. Yeah. You're going down the whole Wild Atlantic la- Way, is it, and meeting up with different bands, and... Well, there's no video. It's just audio. Yeah. But you met a few Limerick kids, didn't you?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, we met Podge. Yeah. And... Uh... I think that's how I first heard of you. Is it? Tua. Yeah. I, I remember Podge sharing, he's always very good for sharing, like, bands from around Ireland and everything. And I remember he shared it years ago. I think when your album came out, it was probably like 2016, was it?
1: 2016 or 17 or something. Like yeah, it.
0: and I remember he was sharing it, and then I started listening. She then <laughs> watch hmm. the band you were in then. Like how how long did that last for? Or how, What were you called? And
1: <laughs> what was it? Uh, brain pollution, I think was. Oh yeah, it was it was something like that? Brain <laughs> pollution. <laughs> that band didn't. I think we played one gig. Like that was just three of our friends. We got uh, wild, good. But I don't think we really, like, the way kids have it now, you have a fucking interface, and you know what you're doing, and you yeah. can make everything sound good, and you don't have to use amps, or any of that nonsense, and the stage volume would be nice and low these days, and the, back then, we just turned everything up as loud as possible, and ruined our fucking ears, <laughs> don't know how I got the job I have, like. I the, remember there's a
0: clip where you're, like, playing out in a yard or something, right? like, or the back of a pub or something, with people moshing, uh, there's,
1: like, a few kids there. Oh, that was in fucking era. Was that in Flacara? Yeah, that was on the main street in Flacara, yeah. Was it?
0: Yeah, hey, like in that, that documentary when I was watching it, a lot of it's just about Like there was nothing here for young people Has anything changed around here now? Or, like do you think it's better for young
1: people growing up here now or is it still the same? It changed for a while, for the better There was Farage, there was a lovely lady called uh, Louise Louise uh, I can't remember what she got married since I can't remember what her second name is O'Donnell, but uh, she did some. Br- I'll tell you a really cool story about it. down here. This doll, uh, Louise Lynch, at the time was her name before she got married, and she she set up a four-eyes youth club upstairs there. Got us all this class equipment in 2000 and 2008, thousand and eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, and so she got a, she 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 worked her ass off for for everyone here. And she got all these events going on and stuff. Just everybody was really thriving, to yeah. be honest. Everybody got on really well. And then, and you're not going to fucking believe this, The there was these wankers, um, Net Canada, are you familiar with Net Canada?
0: Net Canada? Yeah.
1: No. So there's this ministry from Canada. Oh, God. So bad the, already. Yeah, so it's bad already. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, man. So they sent this horrible two pricks Matt Frad and Cameron Frad were their names so they sent them around Ireland uh, doing all these like propaganda pieces in school scaring kids out of all sorts of things like like even scaring kids out of using condoms for example that's how backwards they are like uh, I'm fucking pro uh, choice or whatever but obviously I don't hate anybody who isn't it's just the way whatever but so they were doing a lot of anti-abortion videos and stuff like that and all this sort of shit but uh, and I took serious issue with it at the time because like just the way they were doing it and the insidiousness of it and all. So basically we found out about that in the youth club and uh, there were kids coming back from school traumatized because uh, the one running it, Louise, she was a psychologist. So she had to deal yeah. with a lot of the kids up there after that. And then uh, so actually what ended up weirdly happening is Matt Frad and and Cameron Frad ended up in that old chapel with Faroiga sharing a fucking office, right? And Matt Frad is now a massive YouTuber who oh, interviews the likes of Matt Walsh and Jordan oh, Peterson. Oh, Christ. But I stole his mic. Yeah. I stole his microphone. And I've been recording Tua's stuff with yeah. for fucking 10 years. <laughs> no. And I use it. I, I recorded a lot of Dreamland with it. And like that guy is out there, there preaching like uh, some of like, he, uh, he's got... Pints with the This is his YouTube channel, and he is a he's a fucking monster. He's he ruined the whole fucking youth club here. He he put he drew a wedge between everybody. I got on well with him at the time, but only because I knew that he, there was something evil about him. Like you know, I don't believe in evil, but there's something very wrong with him. But in that old chapel, he upstairs in the office, he split the fucking he split the vibe in half. I don't know, but there was something always fascistic about the fucking place ever mm. since. And then in 2009, the big flood happened again. Uh, there was a. Did you ever hear about the flood that happened here? No. On uh, 18, uh, 1880 something, or 1860. Uh, I can't remember, was it was in the 1860s or 1880s. Yeah. The unsired Moor, a local hero presided over uh, a flood that happened and it killed, uh, I think it killed 12 or 24 people. I can't remember the multiple. It flooded all the way up to the top of the bottom floor and that's why the place went into disuse as a chapel okay. and then again in 2009 it happened once more and ruined the youth club so and where's the f- like was it the yeah, rivers the, here yeah, yeah the river its banks okay so uh yeah that's the story of that fucking place and that whole area and it flooded again in 2009 so mm. yeah okay Jesus trippy stuff uh, yeah, there's yeah. big canoes coming out of the library with all the the important books like that they had in there like Joe. You know?
0: And there's a lot in the documentaries well which I always noticed when I'm driving around here is the you see the burnout marks and the road like so is that's still <laughs> a big thing the uh, well I wouldn't actually is notice it, Like is it a case of like if you're not playing sports you you're kind there was nothing there for creative people or
1: Well, okay, so there's like uh, there's a uh, but uh, there was, in my time anyway, there was a class divide. Okay. So, okay, so we, there was a bit of a, some people, the Nosa folk would have uh, that, okay, so when I was younger, I didn't really understand what was going on uh, with Gaelic, like, I, I disliked the language because of how fascistic it was taught in the school, or not fascistic, it was taught, it was enforced in a fascistic mm. capacity in the Gael School, and I fucking hated that, so I yeah. rebelled against it or whatever. But I didn't realise the damage that that mechanism was actually due to the guilt act itself, because there was a lot of well-meaning people like myself that were rebelling against the culture from which we actually come, which I came to realise when I was 18, 19, that, was, that was silly. But, okay, so, it, within that sphere of itself, the the music uh, situation in Gidor was dominated by uh, upper and middle class people, mm. and there was a sort of... Uh, it was a sort of, it wasn't as welcoming to people who weren't in that upper crust, kind of Gaelic speaking kind of yeah. sphere and like my mother is kind of like hard of hearing, she, did, she moved here when she was 20, after she had me she didn't, ha- couldn't. there was no chance of her learning the fucking language, right. so she was always disrespected to a degree and like not really looked upon the only person that encouraged me the only people that encouraged me uh, in terms of music were actually people like Ronan McAwee. Yeah, the he was the DJ, yeah? Yeah, he was the yeah. DJ, yeah. He was uh, he was more than a DJ, though. He was a promoter, and he inspired me to make music as Gaelic. Mm. Uh, like, he really was like, you know, this is important. He was the first person that... Well, not, not the very first person, but he was one of the first people to make me feel at ease speaking Gaelic, no matter what my speaking ability was. So I could write Gaelic all day long, and I mm. knew what it was, but speaking it, I had problems, so... This guy, Ronan, really took a lot of people like me under his wing. Yeah. Um, uh, and in fairness to Shane and Jaglin who made the documentary, they they got they're the first people to get me interested in the language in a different capacity. But Ronan really took it over the line. He really made me understand the very important thing that is to be able to speak Gaelic and and under that, what is the point of it? Like, do you know what I mean? Like mm. so uh, and his he could speak to the upper crust ones and everybody else, and he was somewhere along the, Like he was every part of the spectrum. Like he... yeah, he was mediating everywhere. Ah, he was beautiful, like, He was yeah. so fucking unbelievable. Actually. Yeah, when I did
0: the podcast with Seamus as well, he was speaking a lot about Ron. And spoke very highly of him, like and. Aye. So he kind of c- connected all the, like go talk communities together and everything. he, did, yeah.
1: Yeah. he was great, man.
0: Yeah, uh... that's very sad. That
1: like he passed away. Uh, Cause he's still young, right? He was young. He was only like fifty, I think. He just yeah. turned fifty-two or something. Uh, I, I would—I never looked at his age. That's how young he was, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't even realize like he'd been—I think he turned fifty or forty-eight. could I, I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. I was actually supposed to me and him were even planning on doing something once he got better, like, but he never got better. We were gonna wear balaclavas and do uh, just a DJ set. He—he he had a lot of things he wanted to say. <laughs> And he didn't want to have to say them <laughs> <laughs> with his own face. He wanted yeah, to fucking, he needed a character. Yeah, he wanted a character yeah. I mean,
0: like yeah, this other stuff like so. Yeah, and here, like this area, door isn't there something like it's the most densely populated rural area in
1: Europe or something? That used to be true. Yeah, I don't know. Or if is that that's a truth It used to be true. Yeah, definitely was true. Yeah, it's a lot about this place is fucking weird, but. Uh, it
0: Even driving Like I remember the first time Like I said to you When I first came up here Which is like I don't know 15 years ago For the wedding or whatever And I remember driving through here And it just Looked like nowhere I'd been before In Ireland But I knew I was in You know you're you know you're in Ireland Right But it also It's just the way everything is Kind of Um I don't know the way it's planned or something. It's just bizarre. The houses have falling out of the sky. Like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know, I don't know where where I'm from. Like everything is very much like you can see exactly someone's garden. Like there's their walls or their fence. Whereas here, everything is just. It actually reminds me a bit of Austria, where my wife is from. Where the you know, right. You don't really see the the markings of who who boundary like or you know. That sounds cool. Where Austria is she from? Uh, she's from Ludesch. It's so. Kinda close to the border of like Bavaria, Munich, and that. So, um, she be she's like the opposite side of Vienna. Let's say. Oh, okay. Like way up the other. So in the Tyrol, like the mountains are close by, where um, lots of skiing and stuff. It's a small village, like. And they're all interconnected villages. Like, tr- you go through the valleys and there's more and more villages. And that, that's and, amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's unreal. Uh, uh, it's unreal. Like, we, we got married over there now. And, like, a lot of my friends went over. and
1: A couple of people you there.
0: Yeah. Uh, holy <laughs> shit, I'd say that was expensive, eh? But uh, it, it, it actually, where she's from isn't too expensive. Because, like, it's still very rural and stuff. So, it's actually very reasonable. But, it's a big, big culture shock for me, oh. you know, going over there. Um, just little things, but you you just notice like there's things, just the way we do things here, it wouldn't be done over there, you know that kind of way. Or like I was, if I was out walking, I took their her sister's dog for a walk, and I was just like throwing salutes all over the place, like, but, you know, <laughs> people just stare at you.
1: <laughs> and
0: then I said it, and then like her parents are saying, no, no, you don't say hello to someone if you don't know them, like, you know. So I was freaking out the village, like,
1: oh my god, <laughs> Jesus. Surely you could just say you're Irish, no?
0: Ah, oh, yeah. I'm sure they. I'm sure they got the news later on. Like there's an Irish fella, a rogue Irishman around. Like <laughs> he's saying hello lot to people. Ah, oh, well, That's so weird. Like, yeah. On, but, f- fuck them. Yeah, but they're, they're just, it's just little things like you'd notice, and and then when her man would be here staying with us, we might go for a walk or something, and. You know, This fella called me over One day We were walking up the road And he called me over And he was some farmer I don't know He was telling me He, he wanted to ask me about something But sure then he was talking About something else So then <laughs> Went back over to her mum And we kept walking And she's like How do you know him And I said No know who he is It's my first time seeing him And she's like What were you talking about You know she couldn't understand How if you don't know something How you could end up With this big chat going But like sure he was
1: just Labbing on, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's important, right? Eh? Yeah, 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 so you get information. Look, like. I think that's what makes us what we are, no? Yeah,
0: yeah, no, all of us won't shut up. Like, I, I love it, <laughs> yeah, no, it's great, it's great. Like, but but it is something that I that struck me when I went over there for like, because my friends were like, Would you not move over here? Like, you know, it's fucking gorgeous, and you know, the mountains, everything, like, Oh, it's a great way of life over here, but it was just. You know, when I'm there, it's just things like that that would kind of, it would stay at me going, shit, like, oh,
1: <laughs> just things you're used to and it's done, everything's done differently. In a way, like, I prefer that, kind of, the way it was probably organised over there, better no?
0: Oh, it's way more organised, <laughs> way more organised. <laughs> oh. Like, do you know, if you're getting, like, you could leave her house, like, she lives in this, like I my village you walk up, right, there's, like, a bus stop up top road. You get that bus there It'll be completely on time And everything And you know like Where you're going It'll bring you to a train station From that train station there You could literally go Anywhere in Europe Fucking hell Do you know what I mean And it's all Like you could just look at it And it's all connected And you could go Oh I wouldn't mind going to Milan I wouldn't mind going to fucking Paris Whatever Whereas you know here There's nothing Like you can't There's one bus You can't even Like I'd say Like if my car is broken now I wouldn't be able to get back to Limerick Ah you would (laughs) at (laughs) 3 o'clock Pina
1: goes to Limerick now Hey (laughs) Fair play to him so, like... Fuck her, but the prices way up, though. So, yeah. But, it, I don't know,
0: like, those things, like, are amazing. Do you know, they're so organised, and everything... Everything's... Done. Like, do you know the way here, like, if you were trying to get a tradesman, like or something, I, I remember, like, her, her man was over one time staying with us, and there was someone meant to come to the house, and she sure, man didn't turn up, and then he didn't... And, you know, she was just, like, couldn't understand That it. guy would get sacked in Vienna. Oh, like. yeah, he'd be fucking...
1: <laughs> Me and my mates have was saying uh, for, like... A, a, Angus, God rest his soul, uh, he fucking, <laughs> he'd always be late for everything. I, I I would always say that cunt's gonna get kicked out of Germany. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's uh, basically <laughs> Irish people like would all get yeah. kicked out of Germany if you run it. Like. Yeah. And that, and that's, yeah, we're down interviewing and and the gallery. Uh, oh yeah, we're down there with him for it was funny. I was, uh, we were, I was trying to record him do a few pieces, but there was a fucking power cut, so we ended up recording him on a Zoom. All really. right, so I haven't mixed that yet, eh? But uh, I'm probably not going to be able to mix it, <laughs> yeah. Try it anyway, yeah. No, he's he's some
0: man because uh, I met him a few times. Um, when Strange Boy was playing, like, and it was kind of the one that got all the trad musicians together and everything. So I used to meet, meet him a few of the gigs, like, yeah, he's a man.
1: Ah, and that's a fucking legend, man. Actually, I must, must set him up and wish him a her- Merry Christmas. He 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 like. The way he, the way he thinks is like no one else in the music industry in Ireland, mm. and he's iso- he's not isolated himself from all of the bullshit. Right. Um. I've noticed like he could play the game if he wanted, but he's playing a completely different game than everyone else. He, yeah. He understands how it works, uh, in the modern day, and everybody else is chasing a lot of bullshit, and he's just sort of like carved out this amazing niche for himself. Uh, yeah. He, like he understands algorithms, and he understands the fucking way the the, the horrible <laughs> algorithm. Bullshit side of things. Yeah, so, uh, I'm very impressed with him. I think he's fucking great, and his yeah. development of Strange Boy and uh, Willsey Yeah, uh, is amazing. He, oh, he's got Hazy as well. Yeah, no, it's class. Yeah. And so, come here. Tell me then. When
0: did you start with uh, Tua? Like, when did that come about?
1: Uh, I started it. In spirit, I started out with Tua in 2009, but I only officially had my own band in 2014 now. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I fucking ran in other bands. I had a band called Unemployable Hipsters, yeah. <laughs> which is very funny because the Dole found out about it and they sent a gauger over to ask me if I was making money out of it. <laughs> a print out of the fucking Facebook page. It was awful. But uh, yeah, so that turned into Tua because I couldn't find a vocalist. And at this point, I think I was ready to just... Somebody said... I was hanging around with all the anarchists in Galway, so I set up Tua, and Tua immediately started, because I was making beats and all, and I started making beats for, like I, I learned how to make beats on my own and stuff in 2011. Ruben Keeney, do you know him, the DJ? No. So he he's a DJ, he's fairly famous now, he's got a couple of big tunes or whatever, but he was teaching a course out in Letterkenny. Kenny. Okay. And I went there for four lessons to learn all the things that I was struggling with, with mixing and stuff. And the course was too expensive for me because I was on the dole. But he stupidly taught me how to torrent things. Like, he taught me that you could torrent music software and stuff. And I very quickly realized you could torrent music courses. Yeah. (laughs) So I fucking (laughs) just ghosted him and kept learning (laughs) on my own. uh, Using these uh, dub spot courses, I think they were called for Ableton. So I kept going anyway. And then uh, I started to realize that you could produce rock music the same way you could make beats. So I started to fuck around then. I couldn't find a vocalist. And then eventually I was just like, fuck this. And I went around with a fucking... With, with Ashley. Or who the fuck was it? With Dave, Dave Siggs that was in the band originally, the bass player. So me, he's in a band called Sh- Space Shepherds now. But uh, we... we went around Galway City looking for a drummer, I yeah. bumped into this guy called Declan Hooven and he's. I was like, are you a drummer? You look like a drummer? He said yes and he joined the band then <laughs> <laughs> and he played and then Ashley Mobassar joined as a sax and we sort of played for a while uh, doing stuff off scale but I very quickly got bored of that and uh, started making sort of uh, footwork influenced shoegaze for in 2015 and That changed our sound and we alienated everybody and we just kept changing everything all the time. Yeah, the sound
0: does change a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. and it's a bit lo-fi too, so I just kept changing everything too much and uh, I kept trying to do too much and I eventually got burnt out after a long, long time of that. And uh, it wasn't really a band either, it was me and musicians who played with me all the time. Yeah. And uh, I was dictating the whole show and probably... It was kind of warped. It was kind of a fucked up situation, and uh, I think everybody that was in it, the the, the band just had all these. Like we, we got selected to do a minority languages competition, in we got to the final of a minority languages competition in Italy called Sons, yeah, with a track uh, called Neil to Un which was a song I wrote about my uncle when he was in the hospice. He wasn't really there. Yeah, he was dying of cancer, like, but he was speaking on morphine all the time for the last three weeks of his life so I was writing about him being like not there for real yeah. so that started to that, that got us a good bit of attention then and uh, we went over to it was terrifying because we went over to italy we'd played about I don't know 30 gigs at this point and we went over to play in this like really packed out theater thousands of people in it and we were playing this fucking song mm-hmm. and zero we had zero stage presence and all <laughs> <laughs> so we were like doing this fucking thing uh and uh, I, int- I insulted Trapattoni on stage in Italy on national TV, yeah. so we didn't win any points, <laughs> zero <laughs> points or something. So and he finished up with Ireland at that stage. He finished with Ireland. Just that it was a point where he pissed everyone off. Oh yeah. yeah So yeah. I, around then, I tried. Everything changed too much, like so. Uh, and I, what what
0: other like when you were doing the minority language, what kind of what what other languages would you have been up against?
1: Um. Uh, So the Sami, we made friends with the Samis up in Norway, and they they have their own language, the Sami language. Uh, Sarah and Ristin, uh, people I speak to to this day, there's good crack. Yeah, Um, they would be. uh, They they have their yoiking tradition, and they would sing a lot of, like kind of chanting, sort of like,
0: uh, like that Inuit kind of stuff, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's kind of like that. I think they're related somehow as a as a. Species. Yeah, but yeah, we came up with them, and then there was another group called Zaman, and they would be friends with the uh, her too. They come from a region in Russia near Tuva. Okay. And they were doing some sort of uh, traditional songs. It sounds like a pretty cool event, like. Yeah, Shaman's yeah. was fucking amazing. Yeah. I was trying to get shameless over this year, but I kept missing the deadline. Uh, the deadline came up every time I remembered about. So it still goes, yeah. Yeah, it oh, goes. That's, yeah. that's class. Aye. Uh, i thinking of getting the. I must apply for it with Sulu on next year. Yeah, see if we can get it going.
0: No, that'd be that'd be class. Yeah, and um, you do like you yourself now do. Like promoting, is it, or you have like a? Yeah. And what what do you like? Is there a specific type of artist you'd be looking to get or?
1: So it's interesting I I um I'm really 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 like so Mass Rock is the name of my project. That's promotion it, yeah, Mass be. Rock, yeah. So that came about because I want to I started putting weird gigs on in Gydor. Yeah. And uh so I put them on in Gidor and uh fucking and then Letterkenny, Kenny worked with the Disturbance lads uh promoting music. They put on loads of stuff out there. Um so from that, I kind of just wanted to go out on my own and take it a little bit less frequent. Yes, yeah. so I could do things as often as I can have enough bandwidth to do so. Uh, putting things on, uh, I, I I put folk for to answer your question. I put a lot a lot of folk and and like on one hand, I'm very difficult to please when it comes to folk. So I kind of put folk on that I would listen to. Yeah, like. I put on Landless and Neve Berry and uh, Julie Avalon last year, at the very beginning of this year. And I have Bridget May Power coming up on the 25th in Letterkenny in the Greenland. Yeah. And I'd heard her two, three weeks ago in Gidor. Um, And I've almost, this is a new uh, Celtic trad guy from Enishon. He's doing sort of Scottish and Irish stuff together. Um, and I, I intend on putting on a festival uh, called Cash Fest. I've been trying to figure out how that would be possible. I'm going to try and take some of the burner attitudes to it. You yeah, know, you know the Burning Man parties. That kind yeah, of yeah. So they would be quite libertarian in their way. I'm very left wing, but I, the libertarian thing is quite attractive in that. Uh, well, it's kind of anarchist, isn't it? So mm. the the boys in at the, uh, the 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 burner parties. It's a club there's no liabilities mm. and they you pay the club membership and you go to the location and you barter for things there's no money allowed yeah and you and you must get dressed up but in my case i want money to be allowed so but it has to be cash and i want kind of the artists to be very i don't know noisy and maybe a bit of hip-hop yeah but uh, the idea i would have is huh? and where, where would you be thinking of that's the I can't yeah. figure out where to put it on. Has to be in Donegal though, somewhere, yeah. um, because there isn't many of those things in Donegal. Thing about it is, I noticed like with cash, cash is cash is the 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 conversation about cash has been stolen by the fascists mm. and left wing people who talk about cash are seen as fucking nut jobs. Yeah, and I think that needs to that needs to to change. Yeah, as uh, like Bridget May Power was ta- I was talking to Bridget May Power about her tour. She went to touring across Europe and she was like, I want cash for this because she'd been waiting for weeks to get paid for a job she did when she's trying to fund a fucking tour. Yeah. It's unfair as fuck. Like, it's the only industry that happens in, like, you know.
0: I I see a lot of bands and stuff that follow and, like, they'd say, merch table tonight and like, please pay cash, please pay. Like, everyone's asking for cash, all right, but, but it's true what you say, like, it became a right-wing talking point
1: to the, to the extent that the people were, like, afraid
0: to even mention it, like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know people are like, like, people don't understand that. Like The, the track I put out with uh, Tig or well, take fucking, take mixed it, uh, with Pudge, uh, Pay Your Taxes. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> it was like a few years ago. That was kind of about, It's kind of a mantra. When you say the same thing over and over again, it starts to mean different things, you know? Yeah. But uh, I had this like kind of, I was kind of stoned out of my tits when I came up with the idea. I was like, imagine this like overarching thing telling you to pay your taxes. Over and over again, but then your taxes don't go where they're supposed to go, and then on top of that, the companies that are supposed to pay taxes to put in money into the economy, like Google and Facebook, yeah, are stealing all our information, every little bit about us, like and our payments are a massive part of that, yeah, and they're they're not paying tax on the information that you give them that is now controlling our whole fucking world. <laughs> so that information, the data, is being used to determine everything, like yeah, and that's uh. That's a huge fucking problem. And cash could eliminate a lot of those issues. Like, there's domestic abuse cases where women can't escape unless they have some cash because the husband is a financial controller, all this bullshit. There's all these fucking wee scenarios you don't even think of. Yeah. And what about the nice wee bits where your granddad hands you 20 bucks at Christmas mm-hmm. time? What the fuck? And
0: he, yeah, even for older people, like, the technology is moving so fast that how are they supposed to understand, like, revoluting and, yeah. uh, you know. So... What was the other thing I was gonna ask you about was uh your your influences back then. Well when I was watching documentaries like tool t shirts and all that, like oh, was, yeah, yeah. was
1: new metal a big thing, yeah? It wasn't oh. it was a big thing amongst a couple of us, like you know, um, there was it was funny, like the half the crew liked Ram. no there was kind of a split. There was like there was like the, the Ramstein heads <laughs> and then you had the tool Heads, but those cross over there, yeah. And then you had a couple of lads who were just exclusively into no effects and fucking oh, like the pop punk kind y- of stuff, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, that, I don't know, it was good to have that variety though, yeah, yeah. There's some talent around here though, like literally, like the one, like I know I may have been uh dunking on the, on the ones that were doing the trad music, but they are fucking talented, bass, oh, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> they're crazy talented, but the there was just so there was such a I think every single person in that documentary went on to do something that they wanted to do. You know, there was no compromising on the. Would you be still in touch with many of those lads? Yeah, yeah. in touch with every single one of them. Oh, cool. Except one, and the only reason is he just doesn't use social media that often. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Because be... I
0: remember, was it one lad? He went off working in a factory, raps or something. Poor
1: Diego died, man. Diego. Yeah, he died. Did he? Mm. Oh shit! He died seven years ago oh man I'm actually gone down to visit his grave today uh yeah he died was Diego
0: was it they went to work in the factory
1: yeah uh so they were all in the in the the, the shaman tape shaman deli well he died as well but yeah that's why we named it the, the, the we I named it shaman because first of all it was sort of like when I started putting the mixtape together I was like right well so I wanted to present the new stuff I was working on with Suluan in a different way. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, I smoked a big bit of weed, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I sat down at the laptop, and um, I was like, okay, I, I, I was like, I wanted to, to, uh, to I wanted to explore something that Angus would have done, because I lived next door to Angus or Shamondelli, as his artist name was, and I used to <coughs> always hear. Excuse me. No, you're good. The Gesundheit, but I always um, heard him making music on his tape reel-to-reel thing sam- yeah. but he would mostly sample local stuff like his grandparents and all this sort of stuff like off the reel-to-reel and he'd be mangling it and all, but I was like, I'm very politically motivated I, I always try and find stories and things so uh, I started to sort of piece together all of the people we are talking about like Ronan McAvoy and and, like, the documentary with Diego and stuff. And, and I, I sort of wanted to honour... Started... Subconsciously started to piece the story together. And, like, with a lot of influences from that documentary, Gacha uh, Dor, which is what it's called. And started to really... Like, where did the Sulawan tunes fit in here? And, like, I started to realise it was about the decline of the Gaeltax. And, like, the the problems that the Gilt act are having. And, and all this sort of stuff. And... So how do all the songs fit in there? Like the the track we have Duhas fits in there quite. Mm. Duhas is about, uh, like you know, all the the realities of living in the guilt in the gale Tact or the, the 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 naturalized land and stuff like that. So. Yeah, uh, thought that would be a good one to start with, and then, you know, there's all just, there's so much in Sulawan's words that that's why I like working with him so much. Yeah, He's very like. I don't know the way he puts, he's like. He's an academic, PhD, uh, Gaelic speaker, mm. but, but he does not act like that in any way. It's just very refreshing, and he actually thinks. I think he still goes around um, collecting oral tradition, like oral oral records of people, and mm. in the Gaelic, he goes around just chatting to old people all the time and picking yeah. up. Like he kind of refuses to use the standard Gaelic as well, as a result of like you know the the damage it's caused to the actual language itself. Um, so working with him, you know, everything he's saying in his words is for real. And more so the flow of it is so unbelievably rich. Like, I I can't really compare it to anybody else either. Like, you know, there's bits of death grips here. There's bits of three, six mafia and there's bits and pieces of like, I even spotted a little wee bit of Eminem in what he was doing one day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's unavoidable. Um, so yeah, we're, we're just like, kind of like. I was just kind of putting. How do I put that in context with Shamus? What we're doing and how do I put myself into it? You know, to create mm. this story. So we're we're like really trying to. We're trying to put. We've we've put like four or five other tracks together as well over the last ten years <laughs> that we haven't put out. So yeah, that's going to be the B side, but it's not the B side because we really were working towards this as a release. But we want to use the Shaman release as an excuse to put the rest of the tracks out as well. So we're calling it a B-side because it's convenient. Yeah. Um, there's a track there. I sampled the Altered Hours recently on a track, and he started writing about the Manosphere and all this sort of Andrew Tate shit that's really mm. toxic and stuff. So started. To, so I asked the Altered Hours if we'd be allowed to use the sample. I know you're not really supposed to ask, you're supposed to just do, but I figured it would be a bit weird taking a local act's yeah. music and not telling them. So I thought that would be handier to just actually ask them. So we, we finished the track. Uh we've got about four four or five tracks there. Uh very like some of them are like eight years of age and stuff just sitting there. That so the so the the kind of variety is huge, you know. Yeah. Um That sh- the
0: that shaman like mixtape is uh it's class. Mm. And it's interesting now, what I'm realizing what you're saying, like with all the samples on it. I was wondering how it all came about and everything. So, so is there actual samples from that documentary in it? Yeah, yeah, there with are. Diego yeah. and stuff, yeah. yeah Diego oh, talking wow. about,
1: um, so before 2008, everything was kind of all right, like you know, there's people here still, you could still, get the, the nightclub still existed and stuff. And you know, there's a nightclub now, but I don't think it's thriving in the way that it was. You know, we mm. get, you used to get thousands of people coming through Ghidor, but Diego was, um, Diego was talking about working, like how there was fuck all for young people, and how he was basically working for no fucking reason, you know, except drinking. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, he died, so I wanted to honor him. And then McGee, a good mate of mine, sent me a so the whole the, he sent me a voice note, a poem he wrote about uh, Jontas. So Jontas is Grant. And he's talking about how a lot of um, he's talking about the king of the king of the king of the grants. So a lot of Brits come here, mm. they set up businesses with English uh, with Irish language names, never there, learn the language, and just suck up the fucking grant money right. to set right. up businesses because they don't care. It's a very cynical thing that's yeah. happening, and it's destroying the Gaeltec. Like it's really fucking the whole thing up. Like um, so, we put that in the middle of it, and I, I flipped a TG Kerr ident and made a beat out of it and put him over it oh yeah yeah yes. I know the fact that's class aye so that's what that's about and that's smack bang in the middle of it and it comes up to the so then you've got Diego afterwards talking about how this actually fuck all for people because that, that time there was a crash hit here so hard mm. it, it sort of hit here slightly earlier as well so people started immigrating in 2007 2008 2009 to Australia yeah and now those same people have come back and now they're giving out about fucking immigrants yeah, it's yeah. Absolutely ridiculous.
0: Uh, yeah, that, that's the ones you can't get your heads around.
1: Oh, sir. They're yeah. protesting right up there the last three or four weeks ago. People I used to respect so much, and now they're up there fucking far right. And I understand some of their sentiments. For example, there was a hunger protest recently. Um, well, there was a protest outside somebody's house because uh, 30 Palestinian refugees had been stuffed into a house. Mm. And. Uh, they were out in the front lawn apparently on a hunger strike. Yeah. Because it's a, a direct provision center. Yeah. And uh, then one of them got beat up by fascists. So on one hand you have the Fina Gaelers have set up these faux refu- uh, refugee centres for direct provision, which is no good for any anybody in them, really. Like no. you know, they don't want to fucking be here now, they're being put in these stuffed into places. And these assholes are taking enormous profit off of housing them. Yeah. And People are pissed off about that and uh, because our services are under unbelievable pressure. There's no administration uh, in, uh, there was no in administration interviews with anybody or whatever. There was no PSAs. They were just put here. Nobody was consulted. Yeah. I like go over on Tory Island. There was 40 of them put in a fucking house. And, uh, Tory, oh, Tory Island. Yeah. Jesus. The, the classroom had three people in it for whatever year. And then yeah. a, a load of these young people came over and with no English or Irish. Yeah. What language did you teach them in? Why do we have to change our entire... They changed their entire society to fit them in. They weren't even consulted. So people are pissed off. And then if they're being called racist because they're pissed off about this... uh, They're being called racist because they're pissed off about this. Some people have actual real concerns. You know, (laughs) it's like we're calling them racist. I'm not calling them racist anyway. I'm calling some of them fucking racist, though. Some of them are racist. A lot of them are racist, but, you know, uh, yes...
0: like racists are hijacking it anyway. Oh, I they they love it. They're like and then they've fucking Conor McGregor amplifying the worst.
1: Fuck you know, aye. It's funny the like you know, Ben Gilroy helped me from being evicted. You know, seven years ago. Would you believe? It? Yeah, right. I swear to fuck. And Letterkenny, our landlord was being handed by Gross Venner. <laughs> And they were sending bailiffs around every day, and the, we were like, what, the landlord, can you do something about this? And he's like, yeah, don't worry, my man is coming over, and he called him my man, I didn't realise this guy had lived in America, and he was a big trumper, didn't yeah. know this before. But then the landlord got Ben Gilroy in, and the bailiffs went away, but what I want to ask is, where the fuck the left were? Yeah, yeah. You know, and like, Ben Gilroy is doing that all over the country. Yeah. So, it's no wonder, we're shooting ourselves, and we're scoring a lot of own goals right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what's happening.
0: Yeah, it's the same around COVID, like, the left never organised, you know, so the right kind of took that space and just filled it with fear and, you know, the vaccines and everything, but, like, the left should have been organising and asking for, Yeah. they should have been asking for, um, was it, the patent to be, do you remember the way you could have uh pay, the patent could be put out for all. Mm. So the whole world Would get a free vaccine Basically yeah. And everything And that's what the left Should have been calling for But they weren't doing anything They were just kind of Sitting on their arses just sit- And then the right like, Started filling all these spaces And just basically Started saying like, No vaccines like, They're killing us and- Yeah
1: very quickly They did that And you know They were right to suspect A company Of rolling out a fucking vaccine There were three vaccines For some reason Yeah Because capitalism Causes innovation apparently Yeah And one of them Did kill people in their 40s With myocarditis Yeah yeah And the left Couldn't fucking handle that and they were like, shut up, you're ruining the cause. And it's like, you know, we need to actually have a better wiggle room here for yeah. chatting. Like, you know, I'm not anti vaxxed at all. I was like one of those dickheads who was shouting at everybody at the time. Like, so. Oh, I know, yeah. But mm-hmm. it
0: is. And that's it. It's like a lot of the conspiracy things that they come up and whatever, they're rooted in reality, but the reality is capitalism. Yeah. And it's just. You're saying yeah We know like We know the pharmaceutical companies Are fucking making billions And we're making bank uh, and Yeah but You know They're not going to make it They're not purposely like Killing off people Because that doesn't really
1: Work for them Like you know what I mean Oh man See in 2017 Just after my friend Diego died We were playing in Cork too I was playing in Cork before we uh, And this was kind of the I should have quit the band at this point But um so we were playing in Cork. Um I wasn't really in the right mind. I was I was excited to play in Cork. This is around the time just the very beginning, Trump just gotten an in and there was a bit of a culture with the huge culture war. Yeah. And me we were getting pissed off at all this left wing like political correctness it was just like there was too much of it. Maybe yeah. maybe it wasn't that there was too much of it, it's the way it was presented was really like talking down and it was very there was a lot of middle class scolding vibe about it. Yeah. And uh, the representatives of the left were just shit. <laughs> there was a shift, right? Yeah. But we were playing this gig. It was the seventeenth of seventeenth uh, f- uh, of like February, uh, twenty seventeen. I think that was the date. We were down in Cork, and I was I was working with Disturbance and Nedir at this point. I would organized this two tone ska band, Gores, from Belfast to play. It was a ska night, yeah. but I couldn't be there. So I was down in Cork to too, and the drummer wore this fucking T-shirt that said Normies Get Out on it, right? Yeah. And it, I think it had, like, a, a flag on it. And the, the and uh, so Normies Get Out in, from me came from this s- silly video of a man called uh, Big Man Tyrone. It was a cameo before cameo. You would send him some words to say, and he would have a good laugh about it. Uh, and he would he would repeat them, and it was just kind of funny because he had broken English, and he was kind of laughing through the whole thing. And it was kind of like... I find that kind of stuff funny. It was quite wholesome to me. So we were on the stage playing. uh, It was in the middle of this version of the National Anthem we did by Radiohead. Because Radiohead played in Israel. They loved Israel, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we were taking the piss out of them for about a year at that point. We just changed all the words to National Anthem to Israel can suck my fucking dick. But I started to realize that people started to leave the room for some reason. Right? (laughs) And uh, so they left the room because of my drummer's t-shirt. And then the, it turned out that these two vegan dickheads in Cork, they run a stall or something in the English market. Yeah. Uh, and they'd... This, like, middle-class fucking Texan woman started uh, to to shout at us in the hall and all this sort of shit. And I was like, what the fuck is this about? And, like again, like, I wasn't really in the right mind at that time to be thinking much stuff. I was in a fucking very traumatised state. It was, like, three weeks before that. My best friend had just died. And... Uh, so my, my drummer was like, what do you think of this T-shirt? And I was like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> like, yeah. So it turned out the T-shirt had offended 30 people or so, and they'd walked out of the gig. And they'd like literally, up until 2021, the two people that I just mentioned had actually been slandering the band so much to the point where I personally lost work for it in 2021 and 2022. Yeah. Um. So I should have realized that at that point, they started poisoning people against us. Um, call us fascists and neo-Nazis. Some people had called us the alt-right hours. Uh, We were playing with arthritis, actually, that night. But, uh, yeah, so I had to, like, kind of fucking do damage control for that. But it was at that point I realised, like, people kind of stopped coming to our gigs and we stopped getting booked in the South. Yeah. Completely at that point. Like, nobody ever asked us to play again. From Galway to Cork. Yeah. It was very weird. And uh, in Sligo in 2021, we got... uh, we were billed with arthritis again, and I'm kind of I do like dodgy humor, like so. I was kind of I wanted to celebrate nine eleven nine eleven with a. I was checking the reading capitalist realism at the time, so I wanted to sort of like it was kind of a joke like about capitalism, but because uh, um, capitalism, the, the twin towers are kind of the emblem of capitalism, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the poster came up, and the organizers have got a message from these cons saying. They're fascists. Don't work with them. Yeah. And like that literally cost me personally. i kind of like, I don't know. That's why I'm saying it on this podcast now, I think. Because uh, fuck them cunts, man. Yeah. <laughs> They're another example of the left scoring own goals. Because the guy in the band at that time, he went down a serious right wing rabbit hole. And so too did I for an, for an extra three months until I snapped out of it. And I, was, I lost three months of my life to that shit just because of those cunts. Uh, making me out uh, to be something that I absolutely was not. Yeah, but, yeah. Because like at that point, I was like maybe pro free spe- speech or whatever to to maybe a fault, but almost every other part of me was one hundred percent like left wing anarchist. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, <clears throat> so there's so much of that shit happening, and I should have called the band quits then at that point. Because uh, the other thing is we had a queer. Iranian saxophone player In the band You know uh, Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that going to be A fascist thing Like yeah. Very interesting
0: <laughs> Very common fascist trope
1: Ah yeah. Queer
0: Last podcast I did Was an end of year roundup, hmm. But since the year Still isn't out And you're my next guest Do you have like A favourite movie this year Favourite album Favourite gig you were at
1: Oh I have a load of those eh? yeah. My favourite film I watched this year Because I didn't watch any <laughs> Modern phones. Yeah. It was Julian Donkey Boy. Do you know that one? Julian Donkey Boy. Who made that? Is, um, is it, is it, Harmony Green made it uh, in the 90s. Yeah. It's a fucking weird film. I know film. the one you're talking about, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Werner Herzog plays an asshole dad in it. It's fucking. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's really trippy fun. Yeah. I, I watched that. And I, what was the other question? My favourite album?
0: Yeah, do you have a favourite album? Or like. Even if it's not from this year, something you listen to a lot, or
1: something I listen to a lot this year. Yeah. Uh, fucking, I listened to Machine Drum, Vapor City Archives, flat out this year because I got a car for the first time, and I just listened to that and Primus all the time. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm just sort of getting getting acquainted with all the albums I used to listen to before I knew how to engineer music. Yeah. So I want to hear hear what it sounds like for real. But I listen to a lot of singles in Ireland, Irish singles. Yeah. Listen to a lot all of the that. same. Yeah. I don't listen to albums at all. Like. I, can't be fucking old
0: No I tend to make Like I'll make myself A playlist And then I'll Like have like Eight or nine songs On the repeat for age I'll burn them out Like And then um I started listening To this band Now and now I know I'm going to burn them out I just started listening To it recently Called Dead Pioneers Right And it's like um Like post punk But the guy I think his name's Greg Deal Is is the singer? It's kind of spoken wordish kind of stuff, yeah. but he's um Native, Native American, Indigenous American, cool. and like um yeah, his the, the lyrics are just fucking. That's an interesting name. Yeah, and it's like you know the, the point of view he's coming from, is just amazing, and the way like he just points out everything like American hypocrisy about, you know, because he's like there, there, there. It's their land, like yeah, yeah. So Fuck, it, it's it's a real um, interesting look, and I I after I started I, like that, I kept listening. I listened to the album like for, for a couple of weeks non-stop and then I looked up more about him, like and he's um, like he's been talking about land rights and stuff for years. Like he's got TED talks up online and right. stuff. And oh, cool. Like he's a real interesting guy. Like so, um, that's just I've been burning that one. That sounds like week. something
1: I'm going to listen to, guy. Uh, because I, 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 something with a political edge is good, uh,
0: yeah. Uh, and and it's it's actually very funny as well. Like he's got a one of the songs is it called Bad Indian, but it's about all the tropes. Like the, when people realise, you know, oh you're, and they're like, what's your name? And he's like Greg, and they're like Greg. Should it not be like you know <laughs> walks through all the And he goes through all the things that people say when they meet him, or what they expect and.
1: I saw the fucking video of them recently. It's just a bass player, a drummer, and a fucking guy ranting yeah, the- yeah, yeah, yeah. They were fucking cool. I saw them coming from my Instagram, actually. So that's Dead Pioneers. Dead Pioneers, I'm going to yeah. get that going. Hey. That, that, that really piqued my interest, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was saying that, not you, anyway, in
0: case you yeah, but... That's fucking sick, um, man. That, That's cool. And, yeah, did you have a favourite gig you went to?
1: I went to about... Fuck, I went to so many gigs this year. Jesus Christ. Um, what would have been my favourite gig? gig oh my god my head's fried just thinking about it I swear to god Tenarowin in in, at Body and Soul was absolutely unbelievable oh yeah yeah because it was pushing down yeah there was that but I don't know Like favourite gig in general what you call this guys tour eggs isn't it I think that's where they're from they're like they're
0: they travel around the desert and play music on to- our or something.
1: Oh my god, is that where the word toe rag comes from? Because they're no nomads. That's what I used to get called as a toe rag when I was... School.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a word for nomads, yeah. Ah, oh, right, right. But right. I think it's like specifically to that North
1: north African area, like, yeah. Cool, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's so cool, man. Um I, yes, uh, uh, yes between... Between to and Obviously I put Hoon 2 on As my own gig I don't know if that's fair To say That, yeah, no, that gig can't. was sick Yeah But I don't know uh, Because I was running it I didn't enjoy it As much as I could have like, you know. So Fuck uh, Do you know what was A really good gig uh, Pretty happy It was a gig I also put on oh, At the yeah. RCC uh, In Letterkenny. Kenny uh, Pretty happy We My other band Lunch Machine Played at that gig As well Yeah It's good for keeping the cost down When you have your own band You know Um, Fuck This is a young young artist Arn Who I really appreciate And he's on my My new single Oh A-R-N Yeah Yeah you were saying Arn He's he's on my Where's he from He's from Fuck He's from Donegal Convoy I think Is where he's from Okay Couldn't tell you Actually (laughs) But uh, yeah Fucking He's on my new track With uh, my new band Which is called (laughs) My new band is called (gasps) Okay. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of calling it anyway. The page up and all. H H H is the spelling. I think right. Blind Boy did a sound uh, uh, podcast on that. Like, yeah, 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 the- <gasps> yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I don't know. There's all sorts of things you can do, but I'm trying to avoid a complicated name. So, but yeah, looking forward to, to start and work on that. Rosh is going to be in the band. I've been working with her. Oh, class. But uh, yeah, his gig. Holy shit! One of his gigs was just. Uh, that I was at this year I can't remember specifically which one I was at quite a few of them but his live show Arn yeah uh, in terms of Irish musicians Arn live is very very
0: very good What what's his genre
1: like? Um, I'm calling it sincerecore because okay. it's got a Westlife buzz about it <laughs> but uh, it's got like uh, Westlife mixed with some sort of like lo-fi hip-hop okay. energy and uh, pop-punk which is a very strange combination, yeah. but it's quite. It's very, I don't know, there's something very wholesome about it, and it's very, uh, it's it's very different to what I would normally listen to. Um, I wouldn't normally listen to that kind of music, but yeah, this was just so fucking good that I had to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. That's
0: class. Yeah, I went to see Lancome the other night. How was that? It was amazing. It was really good. Where did yeah. you see him? In Dolans, in Limerick.
1: Oh right, that so, was a gig.
0: So it was. Um, it was yeah. I was very intimate like And uh, They um, They're good They're good crack like, Because the music is so serious When you listen You kind of expect Little chat or whatever You know Like when you go Like I've seen You know I don't know Godspeed and hmm. You know They won't interact with the crowd Because everything's so serious like You know And I was kind of thinking Maybe like that But they weren't They were great crack They were telling loads of stories They'd just been over in Germany Oh do You yeah. know where they got cancelled yeah. yeah
1: So they went to the gig anyway
0: So Well they'd they done their sound check And everything they were in the dressing room like getting ready and the guy came in with a hole in the phone and goes We've seen you, we have seen your social media and all this and they were like what? And he was like yes you know this is not good you can't post this and he was like you need to take it down They're like we're not taking it down do you know and then one of the lads like started going like are you free? Like this is like have you ever looked at us before like we're from Ireland like and he goes what does this mean? He goes you know the Irish like Irish history and everything. He goes, No, you have everything wrong. You've got the wrong this is the wrong information and all this. He's they said they said like we're not taking it down. He's like, the gig is cancelled. Holy fuck. Yeah. And then I think they went to was it Stuttgart next. So they were in there and they were playing and then they started talking about Palestine in between one of the songs and they said about half the crowd got up and walked out. Did they? Yeah. Fucking the whole hell. place started moving Like going out Because when they started talking the other night It was he started talking about Palestine the whole room was like Yeah and she was like Jesus That's the reaction you want to get Like and then he, Then she goes Tell him about Germany Like and He started telling the story
1: Oh my god Yeah Fuck me
0: The fourth Reich Yeah It's fucking mad Like Jesus man The uh, you know the guilt Is like Oh We just Whatever they do Just let them do it we can't mention <laughs> anything like it's crazy
1: that's oh good. my god it's it makes my skin crawl thinking about that yeah
0: fuck me man so <laughs> oh yeah actually i have it for you
1: oh do you yeah i have
0: i always give a pin to my guests oh yeah so i got you that one
1: oh my goodness i love it <laughs> thank you so much no bother. that's going straight on
0: um yeah so but like so I, Obviously I didn't meet Seamus in person In case he's listening I'm going where's my pin I never met you in person Seamus I'll give you a pin sometime
1: <laughs> I think we're going to be We're playing in Belgium soon um, Oh I saw that yeah um, How did that come about? Well there's a bit of a gale tact in Belgium Okay um, We're all The The, the <laughs> the fucking expensive academic Gaelic school go <laughs> okay. to this kind of made up bullshit job <laughs> where they have like where they're paid thousands of euros to translate fucking government documents that literally no one will ever read in a million years into yeah. Gaelic so they've got this cushy fucking job and uh they're paying us to go over there. <laughs> like, uh, that's guys, that's pretty sick, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to going over. Uh, I know Sean Sean is going to be listening to this, going "Fuck you, Rob," <laughs> but I'm going to be saying "Thanks for the gig, bro." Yeah.
0: Um, so come here. Is there anything else you want to say, or anyone you want to shout out or anything?
1: I would like to shout out Dreamland, the show I'm doing, and uh, this won't be up before February or January, will it? This? No, no, no. no. So. We're doing a gig for Palestine up in the Auckland on the thirteenth. Thirteenth oh, of January. Yeah. Okay. My band Lunch Machine is playing at it, and yeah, that's uh, I wanted to shout that out, and also just Dreamland, the show, the the, the radio show every yeah. every week, every Sun, every Tuesday. Where can people
0: listen to that? Just two XM. Two XM. Yeah.
1: Um, and shout out to my mommy. Yeah nice one. That was crack mum. Shout out
0: to your mum. Yeah. <laughs> that's great.
1: Alright man. Thanks Thank a million really. man. Thank I you so much. appreciate that taking the time
0: out. And uh, um, yeah it's been uh first for me. Doing it
1: in the car. The car is a good spot for yeah. it. Yeah.
0: We could. We could drive around now like James Corden and start singing.
1: <laughs> I'm not doing that. I fucking hate James Corden. He's a <laughs> wacker.
0: He's a prick. Oh hell <laughs>